3: Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, Haley Sutton, Jess Navarro, and Aisha Morrison. With you on this Thursday morning, a lot to talk about. A lot has happened. It feels like it has been a month, but it hasn't. It's been like four days (laughs) since uh, everything started kicking off. We had schedule release, we had rookie minicamp, and now we've got some OTAs loading in the next couple of weeks. So the players are starting to get back into the groove of getting back into the football season. We got the opportunity to check out some of the rookies, talk to some of the rookies. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to talk about this schedule, and I know that we've been dissecting it as the Dallas Cowboys organization all week, but you know I value y'all's opinion and what we think about stuff so I want to open the floor to you guys overall thoughts on the schedule and how you kind of see this shaping out for this team. Yeah. Go ahead cuz I'm I'm over here messing up over here.
4: <laughs> That's all right. It's it's still early. It's all good. Y'all know how we are with these morning shows. Um yeah, no. I first glance I I liked it and then the more I look at it the more and more I like it. Of course, you can't exactly like everything on it, so there's a couple things that I, I didn't necessarily like, but I like it. I think it sets them up for success, especially with the changes you saw this off season, The additions, the draft class, I'm really excited. To me, this solidified... Dallas Cowboys are going to have a very successful season next season. Why do you think that? I think just the way it's set up. So, um, you know, you look at the first game. So let's start with the Giants. To me, that sets the tone early. It's a divisional game. You stick that win there. You get off for success. I like Aaron Rodgers early on in the season it doesn't give him a chance to get hot and in true Aaron Rodgers form like you tend to see when playoff contention and wins really do matter towards the end of the season plus at that point he's still going to be adjusting to what it is to be a New York Jet so to me get Aaron Rodgers early knock that out of the way sooner rather than later and then what I really you know We can go through week by week. But what I really enjoyed was when you look at the Thursday night games, we always talk about how Thursday night can impact these players so much. You have a Thursday to Thursday game. So technically you do get that full week of practice. It's shifted a little bit. But instead of worrying about a Thursday to Monday or a Thursday to Sunday that cuts their week short, you end up getting that full week of practice. And so for me, we talked a lot about the fear of the Thursday night games and uh, the Cowboys having multiple with the new NFL rules. (laughs) And they do. But I do like how it's set up to where they're Thursday to Thursday, they get that full week. Um, The only thing I I really don't like is that that four-week stretch at the end of the schedule where you have three away games and the only home game you get is that Saturday Saturday game there against Detroit and not a fan of the Buffalo game in December, Hmm. uh, personally, but (laughs) all in all, Love the schedule. Love how it's set up uh, for multiple reasons. I think the the harder matchups, if you will, are are spread out pretty nicely. There's not a chunk of the season that really worries me. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where the cards fall with that one.
5: Sure. You speak for yourself.
3: Man. I was just getting ready to <laughs> say. I, I <laughs> love. I love <laughs> that positive energy. No. We are manifesting that. Look, that is not how <laughs> I <laughs> see I mean, can't go oh. into it. You
4: cannot go into it. With the fear, especially what the Cowboys have done this off season. Look, if the run defense was not patched up this off season, I would be more worried than I am. You look at this and the way it's set up, I like it because it's not like you have Aaron Rodgers later on and then you have the Bills right after and then you have the Eagles right after. Like you don't have a stretch later on in the season that could potentially mess up mess up with playoff contention. And I like that you get the Eagles later on in the season because again, you get your true matchups. Everybody's been wanting a true Eagles Cowboys matchup. You get it. And you get no excuses to why either team wins or loses. Man, that month of October
5: is gonna tell me a lot about this team in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You you look at San Fran, at San Fran, um at LA Chargers, which there's gonna be a lot of Cowboys fans there, so whatever. Yeah. Then they have this bye. They play the Rams and they play Philly and it's just, it's just feeling like a revenge tour a little mm-hmm. bit. Like it's yeah. just feeling like, yeah, maybe. I mean, the the Rams. I mean, I well, the Rams kicked the Cowboys out of the playoffs several years ago. San Francisco's been a thorn in there, and then obviously, and then Philadelphia. I think that that you got the Chargers, which obviously there's some some stuff there. So, um, you look at that part of stuff. some sh- sh- stuff.
4: Um, but man I, stuff I, listen, they
5: don't need no light. They don't need no light. They all right. But that that part of the season to me can really set up the rest of the way and the way that the rest of it feels. I will say, listen, going into the season ending in December mm-hmm. and going into uh the playoffs like starting to begin to playoff prep and you got to play Detroit two weeks out listen detroit i don't know if y'all remember shoot after they played detroit <laughs> yeah. last year that injury report was insane because that's cuz that's how detroit yeah. play they play super physical yeah. fast to the ball definitely can see them Fighting improving offensively. oh my god and then you see with that Jameer gibbs i mean like they've added some detroit's my sleeper this year and having to play them right before the playoffs makes mm-hmm. me a little, a little stressed out
3: yeah <laughs> for me Obviously, the end of the season is like the way Isaiah framed it on Talking Cowboys earlier this week was that top to bottom, the schedule is just difficult. It's dogs left and right. And that last stretch between Thursday night football against Seattle all the way to that Detroit game and even the Washington game that's on the road. It's the TBD game. It's the game that typically it's a throwaway game in certain circumstances. But when you look at how the NFC East has improved as a whole we've seen it on the uptick for the last couple of seasons last year was the best example of that but even before you get to that last stretch to me the most pivotal part of this season is that stretch that comes after the bye week right so you have the rams Mm -hmm. and and to me the rams can go either way i'm not super concerned about it in terms of what they've done in their offseason what they've done in their draft to be able to rebuild and get back to that Super Bowl caliber team that they were a few years ago. But then after that, you're going to Philadelphia. That's your first time playing the Eagles this season at Philadelphia. We know how rowdy that gets. So you've got to get through that. Then you come back home. You've got another divisional game against the Giants. Depending on how well you did against them in the first week of the season, that could also be mm-hmm. a pivotal game there. And then you go to Carolina, and very similar to how you feel about the Lions is kind of how I feel about Carolina. You know, they're, I said this earlier as well it gives me the vibes that the Jacksonville game gave where last Mm. season it was it it, in theory it was a surefire game and it it should have been a W and it obviously wasn't Uh, so I have that kind of feeling about that Carolina game then you come back home again your third divisional game in four weeks against a Washington team on Thanksgiving you know the implications that come with that Thursday night football in Seattle and then on top of that now you're facing the most difficult part of that season and to me whatever happens in that in that chunk that's where the nfc east will be defined that's kind of where your playoff picture is defined because you've got four teams that are going to compete for the nfc east title right in theory it's the eagles and the cowboys up there in that top spot we've seen the giants get better under dayball we've seen the commanders improve they've got a new quarterback they're working on new ownership hopefully have a new mentality so that stretch right there, to me, to your point of we'll know a lot about that team in that early stretch, mm-hmm. then we'll learn if this team is going to be playoff caliber when you get through that stretch, because now we can say, check, 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 okay, yeah. they're battle tested, <clears throat> let's get into that last portion, let's go to Buffalo, let's go to Miami, let's wrap things up. So, uh, it. I don't know that I like the schedule, uh, I think it's interesting, I do Believe it is a testament to what the Cowboys have built in terms of getting primetime games and getting teams that want to play the Cowboys in primetime. I think it's a testament to the fact that they got this difficult schedule because of the improvements that they've made over the last few years. So
4: flattery, a little. Not America- daunting. America's team. <laughs> <laughs> the bring the yes.
5: <laughs> I look at this schedule. And then you look at—I think Philly has a hard schedule yes. too. Yeah, and listen, what makes it really hard, in my opinion, I, what makes it really hard rather is the fact that this, the NFC East has gotten good. Yeah. And that there is no freebies. Mm-hmm. There is nobody you can really look over in in the. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't think that the I don't think that was something that the Cowboys did before. But you know, when there were times that you were like. Oh, that's a that's a W. Like mm-hmm. looking at the Commanders, that's a W. That's an, and you can't do that. So for yeah. the Cowboys, it's it's gonna be hey they're gonna have to play 100% almost every freaking game and yeah. it's it's just nuts to see but there's no out so, breaks yeah
3: there's no breaks that, even, that, the, that's, bye. That's a to even the bye to me like you go to San Fran you go to LA you likely stay out in California for that week because the right. travel of going from the west coast back here so. back to the west coast so you've got a week basically where you're going to be kicking it on the west coast and then you get a bye so sure you get to rest after that Chargers game but then you turn right back around and another sleeper potential sleeper team I I I genuinely don't know what to think of the Rams, but still that resets your whole
4: the whole setup a whole a lot lot of variety, half. you know what I'm looking at too is comparing last season and the bye week was at week nine this mm-hmm. week it's week seven, and I just remember last season the bye week could not come soon enough. those guys just were they needed it. You could tell the fatigue was there. They were tired. So it's interesting to see that it's set up earlier this season, which could help them potentially with the Rams and that away Philly game. And then, of course, the Giants there, which we know matter, like we were just talking about. But as you get towards the later half of the season, that's where I start to worry again about fatigue and buildup because you had your bye week a little bit early. early. Yeah, Yeah. they're not going to get a... They're not going to get
5: a break in any capacity. But what I
4: will say is after the bye week last season, you had those games where you were looking at the entire schedule and saying, "Okay, Green Bay, how did we feel about that? A loss, a win. They ended up losing. After the bye week last season, they only lost three games, and that was Green Bay, Mm. Jacksonville and Mm. Washington, the very last Mm. game of the season. So you're looking at this one where you come out of it and you have the Rams. I think that would be a, that's a really good opponent because you don't count Sean McVay out, right? I I never do. I don't count Sean McVay out. I think he's a genius when it comes to his coaching style, but then you keep going down the list, down the list and yeah, you have your you have your hard stretch, but to me, look, I I really am excited to see what the Cowboys have built this offseason and it is going to be a true testament of if you are that team you are saying you are, if you are the championship caliber team that you have been building for the last three seasons, this is the schedule that's going to prove it right here. Because if you can't win this schedule, have a winning record, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But I think with everything they've been building, it's, it's a difficult schedule. But again, it's one of two ways. You can either say... Well, the Cowboys had a difficult schedule and that's why, or it was oh, they they got it handed easy to them, they had an easy mm-hmm. schedule. But to your point about the Eagles, the Eagles schedule also is not an easy feat for them either. So I it's gonna the Cowboys be harder. interesting to see.
5: <laughs> I do.
4: I think yeah. I think the
5: Cowboys schedule might the way it's set up might be a yeah. little bit more difficult than Most teams in the NFC, like... It's the way it's stacked.
3: It's stacked. The way you described it as being a revenge tour, I don't know that there is a better way to describe it because you start off Sunday night football with the Giants, the team that Dak is... unstoppable he's Thanos <laughs> against the freaking Giants okay <laughs> wood, and did. then you've Boy, got the on. Jets and you've got Aaron Rodgers who I believe is 4-0 at AT&T Stadium he's never really lost to the Cowboys and then you go to Arizona a team that's kind of just been a joke for the last couple of years but and that being said you don't know what to expect
4: those are the kind of teams new you England, watch out for though yeah. look at what the Texans did last season they threw it all out there yeah yeah, yeah a whole yeah. new team when they played the Cowboys yeah
3: you've got New England and Bill Belichick and then you go to San Francisco like lol on Sunday Night Football, and then you've got Monday Night Football against your former offensive coordinator, and Justin Herbert. And then they're like, all right, that was a little tough. Why don't you guys take a week off? Take a break. Rest. Because when you come back, you're going to have a Super Bowl champion. You're going to have your (laughs) back-to-back divisional games. You're going to have a sleeper team in Carolina, another divisional game. That's on Thanksgiving, then Thursday Night Football. And it's just like punch after punch after punch. So I agree, Jess. I think that if you want to be, quote-unquote, considered a championship-caliber team, if you want to be battle-tested, if you want to have all of the fun, exciting things that are interesting to talk about, then sure, this is the schedule to do it. it. that means, though, that it is concerning in terms of of what, especially when you don't like the rosters new. You know, yeah. like the rosters new, the offensive coordinator is new, right. the person calling the plays is new. The only thing that's not new is defense, which is that helps. Yeah, it yeah, helps yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, so
5: I, yeah, I want to make sure, like, I there's, com, I, there's, I have confidence in in their ability to to mm-hmm. win, like tater tots. Mm-hmm. I'm but at, when it started getting cold. Oh, man, I just health. Health is going to be so intricate. It's always intricate, but it's going to be super intricate in this season, especially since you mentioned just the buy is two weeks earlier than it was last year. And these gentlemen aren't going to get any level of a break for a minute after that buy. It's going to be straight, straight to it unless you consider that last Commander's game possibly one. See,
4: and looking at the Eagles' schedule, their bye week is in Week 10, where they come straight out and they play the Chiefs, Mm -hmm. Buffalo, the 49ers, Dallas, Seattle, New York, Arizona, and then New York again. So, yeah, maybe the the first part of the Eagles' schedule isn't that intimidating, but after their bye week, they need to hit the ground running, because if not, look, it's going to be another season of Eagles-Cowboys discussions again, because, oh, man— You were talking about, it's not that hard of a schedule. And then I looked after their bye week and I'm like... Well, I mean, it don't feel like it. don't
5: feel like this though to me. But I, I maybe I'm biased. But
4: I think it's the I emotion that,
5: yeah.
3: that's with it. Like yes. it, it, <laughs> to me, it, this feels personal. That feels like they put the schedule together and wanted it to be challenging. Yes. this feels like this whoever put this feels together, like a personal together. was personal. It does.
5: And I don't care about. I don't care about a Rod being a Jet. He's still in some level of green. <laughs> I ain't got time. No nah, nah. I, nah. I I do think New that era. it's gonna be important to see him and get that out the way. Mm-hmm. In in Slay a way dragons just, early. Yeah. Yeah, cuz you remember last year obviously this was our first year covering the team, but you could feel for for us like being new. I could feel that that Green Bay game felt different mm-hmm. to everybody. I'm like, man, this man is Is this man like John Wick for real? Is he really like the boogeyman
3: to the Cowboys? It wasn't just Aaron Rodgers. It was the fact that it was the first time for Mike McCarthy going back to his hometown. It was he didn't want to make a big fuss about it. It was the first game back from the bye week. There was all of these little implications that went into the emotions of that one. But I agree. Aaron Rodgers might have a little John Wick to him. But what I pointed out earlier about him uh, when I filled in on Talking Cowboys earlier this week Aaron, in my opinion, in the late half of his career, has become very particular when he chooses to play ball. Absolutely. And that's not to say <laughs> yeah. that he's not a capable quarterback. I, I, and I, again, I said this earlier in the week, he's going in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best to ever play quarterback at, in the National Football League. But later in his career, when he lost some of his playmakers in Green Bay— you could see it almost felt like he gave up last year he was ready to go he made this big hub up, up about leaving and then he wanted to go to the Jets but he's going to the Jets with this laundry list of players that he wants in order to be successful out there and you know so we'll see we'll see what Aaron Rodgers can contest to me the divisional games that's what's going to be important every single person that I've spoken to whether it was pre-draft post-draft when I spoke to Emmett last week at the M or at the ACMs everybody's opinion is the same when you've got you win your division and to do that you've got to be better than the eagles and that's the standard that we're at right now it's not fun for cowboys fans to hear but that's the reality um so (laughs) good morning that's that's what it is that's that's just what it is you're gonna have to get past the eagles and then you also are gonna have to get past the giants because again under dayball they're building they've got some new pieces in there as well that i think are going to be interesting to watch as the season goes on So a lot of things to consider with this schedule. But the good news is, is that this team has some new weapons. They have some new options on offense, defense, and special teams, starting with that rookie class. So let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of these rookies who stood out to us at minicamp and how they can help the Cowboys in this daunting 2023 schedule.
2: 6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com.
0: Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in-laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked long story short crack open a pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching with love pepsi made for football watching <sighs> that's what i like hi i'm danny mccray dallas cowboys alumni player here with smoothie king and smoothie king wants to ask you what's that sound that's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from smoothie king and woo me too these smoothie bowls start with usai and Pattaya, and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys.
3: To Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to talk a little rookies, but first, let's go to Jess.
4: Let's see. We are going to talk about... These look old, Jessie. Um, Let's come back to this, because these these don't look right. Um, but that's okay. That's no okay. okay. We're going to come back to it. Jesse, if you want to send me the new ones, we can, we can read that at the end of the block. Got to make sure to put a plug in for all the events we have going on. Let's move on. Yeah.
3: Uh, Rookie minicamp wrapped up on, uh, I think technically it wrapped up on Sunday, but our portion of the minicamp wrapped up on Saturday. We got the opportunity to not only chat with our new Dallas Cowboys, which I believe all of them have officially signed, including some of the undrafted guys. So excited for them to get started on this new journey. This is honestly my favorite, favorite, favorite part of the season because you're seeing dreams come to fruition, and I you know speaking with every single one of the draft guys, you could just see how excited, how hungry they are, a little bit of nerves you know they walk around the building <laughs> yeah. with their little binders trying to find Aww. where they want to go and it's it's really incredible because again, you see these guys you know go from rookies to competitors right in front of your eyes in terms of how the off season moves and so uh, we've got some good ones in the building we've got a lot with some good stories and some good people in general, so this is a really good class in that regard but we know cowboys nation doesn't necessarily always care about that kind of stuff they want to see results (laughs) on the football field and i think there are some guys on this roster uh that can be impact players going forward we got a chance to speak with the coordinators i know you guys both were able to listen in on that so i want to open up the floor uh what stood out to you about rookie minicamp in terms of what the coordinators had to say uh and just working towards training camp going forward
5: oh yeah the opportunity to meet uh brian schottenheimer was really dope uh he's such a like lively person and yeah. um i can see why the guys like him um and He said something about, you know, what he wants the offense to be. And I remember I I asked him, and he said that he wanted it to be physical and he wanted to make teams have to – he wanted to utilize the whole field. And to me, I think a lot of people took it in a different way as far as, like, okay, well, that's just what coaches say. That's just what they're supposed to say. Mm -hmm. But if you really – um, look at how the Cowboys' offense was last year. I know we talked about it on the show plenty of times. There were plenty of times where the show, w- w- the show, there were plenty of times where the field rather <laughs> was podcast. not being, was, yeah, was not being utilized. Right, like there yep. were parts. There were times that you were just like okay, well, why isn't there a guy here in the intermediate routes here to help out Dak just in case? There were times where it was like, why isn't the middle of the field being utilized by the tight ends and things that, that you went away from? So um, I also think that just plays into the versatility now with the Brandon Cooks and Deuce and these guys, that they can use the field and, and they can throw out different packages, offensive packages, and really be matchup driven because that's how you win. So Brian Schottenheimer really just getting a chance to hear him speak and – you know kind of see his personality i think was important for us to be able to analyze moving forward
4: yeah and it was one of those things where we hadn't met him yet so we didn't know kind of how he spoke and what he spoke about he fits right in with the culture that's been created i mean that was the first thing i noticed was how he talks matches dan quinn mike mccarthy uh bones fossil it's all at the same energy level and just the same kind of veteran knowledge you can just tell when he was talking even about his history with mike mccarthy I mean, man, this this guy's not new. I don't I don't understand um, how cowboy. Uh, I sh- I need to get off of Cowboys Twitter sometimes, but Cowboys Twitter was just not excited like they should be for him. But I think the more and more you guys hear him talk, and the more you you see what his plan is, the more exciting it's going to be. And what I really like about this change the most is you're not seeing a guy that's coming in and overwhelming the players with, Hey, we're changing everything with this, 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 you need to learn this and this and this. He said, it's a process. We're taking it slow. Cause he was asked about, you know, where are you in terms of changing the offense right now? And he said, it's a process. And so he, what I like is him and Mike are sitting down and they're putting that process together without overwhelming everybody else and getting them involved too early to where it becomes confusing. And the scheme just doesn't make sense for them. So, I like that it's a slow process. Um, and then, again, they'll get the guys involved when they need to. But I'm excited hearing him talk. He fits right in. He really does. And so I I really enjoyed talking to him, too.
3: Yeah, I didn't get a chance to um, be there whenever he was talking because I was running around doing 100 things. But I did listen to him this morning uh, as well as Dan Quinn. And the biggest thing that we've been talking about, but we obviously saw it, uh, you know, be put to paper so to speak is the idea of versatility i loved listening to dan quinn discuss you know like there are certain guys who we drafted maybe as a linebacker who has some capabilities to play in that safety spot or has some capabilities to be in some different areas we have some wide receivers who are going to line up in the slot and maybe they usually don't so there's a you can see the brain working and this might be like an obvious thing in terms of like you know just general rookie camp knowledge but I also thought it was interesting listening to the discussions about it being a process and the biggest thing that they're getting out of this rookie mini camp isn't necessarily like talent evaluation Uh, it's just getting these guys accustomed getting these guys feeling comfortable so that when it comes time to evaluating that talent, when OTAs start really getting underway, and then when training camp is here, they have a good understanding of where these players are from a cognitive standpoint, from mm-hmm. a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint. You know, some of these guys have never been to Texas Absolutely before; they've yeah. never had to, to be change? in a you know um, a situation like this. And, and I was thinking about this this morning because I dropped my dogs off at the groomer, <laughs> and I imagine that some of these guys, especially the undrafted guys. And I don't want this to be disrespectful, but I can see that kind of energy where, you know, you're just dropped off in a place that you've never been to before. You're expected to hang out in this facility all day. New New faces. Yeah, your mom's not around or your support system's not around. Yeah. Uh, So it's just a a big adjustment in terms of of what they've been expected to do. And also, again, with uh, Dan Quinn, you know, he spoke about, you know, this isn't like college. This is different than what they've ever experienced in college before. This is something that they're going to have to start understanding quickly if they're going to fit in if they're going to make it on a roster is, is to make those mental adjustments now and so it's just interesting to see from that perspective because when, when we think you know a oh, rookie minicamp like they're out there and they're they're running routes and they're you know out there blocking and they're scheming no. and they're doing all this stuff and that's obviously not the case so um super interesting from that Angle of it I know we all got the chance to speak to all of the rookies after listening to them after getting to know their personalities a little bit uh, who are some guys that maybe impressed you
4: I think you know obviously I've been keeping a very close eye on Schoonmaker since the draft because there was just a lot of mixed feelings about him But, again, you're talking about a culture thing. This guy fits right in. He was talking, and I'm like, yep, he's going to fit right in in that tight end room. And he's big. He is a tall guy. And, Mm -hmm. yes, tight ends are tall. We know that. But it was interesting to me because, of of course, you know, he's the same height as Dalton Schultz. And so we we got to meet and talk to Dalton Schultz. He felt taller for some reason. Um, He's just a really big guy. And just the way he was talking – uh, y'all know, with any chance I get, I'm going to bring up Jason Witten. The fact that he said, you know, I've been studying Jason Witten, reached out to him. I want to learn about his leadership, how he led the team, what he did to learn his first year to become who he was. Y'all hit my heartstrings with that one. I was like, oh, you know what you're doing. But also somebody else I really liked was Junior Fihoko and just the amount of human he is. And he was just the he was so nice. And you could tell he was nervous to mm-hmm. talk to us. But as soon as you got him talking about his family, he just lit up and his nerves, you could see them shedding uh, as he was talking about them, his culture. I think what he brings is a Dallas Cowboy on the field is one thing. But again, we like those off the field kind of moments. And what Junior brings is that cultural aspect that he is so proud of and he should be. And his family, you know, he was talking about my family used to pack up the stadium on the right side. And I said, well, what about AT&T Stadium? They can do the same thing. He said, yeah, they'll probably be right there in the corner of the right side uh, of AT&T Stadium too. So i really enjoyed talking to him. Obviously, Deuce, very well-spoken. Um, and, and just, it was amazing to get to see the excitement in these guys' eyes. I mean, they're lit up. And um, some of them we talked to before rookie minicamp, a couple of them we talked to after. But overall, just an awesome draft class. Every single one of those, uh, of those men were such a joy to talk to and yeah just seeing how excited they were it, it was it was really cool
5: yeah um had the t- chance to talk to uh awesome richards which was really dope uh just kind of get to get to know him a little bit um, he really looks up to tyron he said he just cannot wait to get in tyron's ear and you know learn some more about him and um just I, like like we talked about, just getting a feel for the player and kind of what he's he's been doing. I mean, he, he has told me he has been doing work at guard, and that's where they've been working him. And and, the th- and he was super – one of the dopest things is I like when guys can say the hard part out loud, right? I like when guys can say, this is what I'm trying to improve on. This is what I know i got to do better. And it matches up with what you, you see from them. Also, too, it's no secret that Isaiah Land is a gentleman that I am very uh, – that I'm keeping my eye on just mm-hmm. because – he has that, this feel to him that very, to me, and this is me personally, when I, the first time I met Micah, you could feel like, oh, this dude has a little bit of something to him. And it's not even just, this the, the obviously the play but we we mentioned like this dude is like when doing the draft work I considered him an undersized guy but when you're in his presence you can feel that this guy mm-hmm. has some size and stuff and Dan Quinn mentioned that he had his eye on him when he was looking at Marquise Bell last year and um I'm I just think that this gentleman if he continues to grow and take coaching can really turn into something also to just see and deuce, in person. Yeah. Like, I'm one, So, like, seeing him in person, I'm like, this dude is a little crazy to be out there playing ball at the. But it just is a testament to what he is, like, and what he can be. I, I just was so impressed see- actually feeling him next to me. I was like, oh. Okay, this dude's a player because you got to be. You yeah. got to be to to be that size and go out there and play against the play against the level of competition that he did especially in college.
3: Yeah, when I spoke to Deuce uh kind of off to the side, first of all, I was just so excited to see him because I, you know, we got at a chance combine. to talk to him yes. at the combine and just his You know, not his overconfidence in terms of wanting to be in this building, but his commitment to wanting to go to a team that was a good fit and him staying true to the fact that aside from the story, aside from his father being here, uh, that he felt like the Cowboys would be a good fit for him in terms of what his skill set is. And so I was just so excited just from that standpoint to say hi again. And he was really excited. But I also kind of know that he's ready to put that chapter behind him right you know it, it was exciting it was something that was really kind of unique to his situation and to Chris Vaughn's situation but that's not his focus his focus is now is to make the 53-man roster and I even asked him I said you know are there advantages to your size like if, is there ways that you have found that your size is maybe better than others and without blinking an eye yeah he was like Absolutely. Yep. You know, I'm like the offensive line is like my trees that the linebacker can't see me. I can't (laughs) see the linebacker, so that gives me an advantage. And then just the way he was like flexing his football IQ. He's like, I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this. And in case you're wondering, like when this gap is open, I come through, and I literally felt like I needed to be taking notes on what he was saying because I was like, this is so incredibly impressive. So I'm not worried about Deuce. I think Deuce is is going to be just fine. I I think I. I think Cavante Turpin should be a little bit nervous in terms of skill set and what Deuce brings to the table. I think that's an interesting uh, position battle that will shape up really nicely. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Viliami as well. I loved, Junior. loved, loved <laughs> getting to talk to Junior because I, I grabbed him before he talked to y'all. Yeah, And I um, was like, hey, come over here real quick. Like We're just doing quick one-on-ones for our, the website. And, and he was like, wait, I— I have to go over there and talk to them (laughs) and I was like yeah you have to talk to them but you can talk to me first so we'll do some icebreakers, and we'll we'll make it work and so I I, you know you could very similar to what you said you could see uh, initially you know I just said like how's your how's it feel you're finally here and he's like uh it was it's good it's a lot of fun I was just (laughs) waiting for the draft to be over and now it is and I'm ready to go. And then as you kept talking to him, you could just see almost, like, his shoulders, like, flexing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was because... I asked about family. Mm-hmm. I, I asked him directly if he was related to Simi Fajoko, because I was like, that's the biggest question coming out of this is, yeah. are you or are you not related to Simi Fajoko? <laughs> we need to know. He said no, but he is related to Vita Vea, I think, mm-hmm. which is super helpful in his position and, and just being able to learn. He told me that they grew up like right down the street from each other, and they used to swim in each other's pool and, and, you know, wrestle and all that good stuff, but just from a position standpoint, from somebody who has been dominating at their position in the league for as long as they have... Been a professional football player. He said, Vita Bay is the standard, and I hope to be able to, you know, at some point get to that standard. And right now, that, that's where my journey starts here. Uh, so I just, I love that mentality. Patrick described him uh, earlier in the week as somebody who wakes up and chooses violence. This is true. Which I, I love the juxtaposition <laughs> yeah. of. On the football field, like, he's yeah, a dog. Yep. Yeah. But, like, in the just in general, he's, he's so like, nice. what's up,
4: guys? Yeah. You know,
3: like, it's just so interesting to me. Overshown, too.
5: I know that oh, yeah. you guys, I felt like you got more of a chance to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about, like, what you guys talked
3: <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, We kind of just kept it light. Um, I know uh, my goal whenever I'm talking to these guys as well is the biggest thing is I want them to feel comfortable. Right. Because I I believe that, you know, from a professional football standpoint, These guys are so overwhelmed with give, 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 right? We are so expected of them to speak to us. We're, you know, we demand and we expect them to do our projects or to be in our social media videos or to answer this or answer that. And so... My biggest goal with them is just to let them know, like, hey, I'm here and I'm here because I want to share your story. I want to share right. who you are as a person. I want these people to, you know, when they think about criticizing Overshone for, you know, maybe he has a bad play or something to that effect down the road. I want them to remember that this is his dream coming to life. And so for as many mistakes as he's going to make, the fact that he's made it this far and is able to check that box off of his you know, wish list. Like that's the type of stuff that I want people to take away from these conversations and in terms of overshown, I think he's got a great personality. He's obviously excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing that he said, I, I asked him about posting the picture of uh, the his Longhorn. Yeah, his yearbook yeah. post. And he said, you know, when you grow up in Texas and you're playing football, there's two things that you want to do. You want to be a Texas Longhorn and you want to be a Dallas Cowboy. And I'm fortunate enough to do both. And I just think like a, awesome. that type of stuff is so special. So um, got a little bit of that. Uh, got a little special projects in the works with Overshone coming up right. in Drop. June. So uh, I've got a lot of fun stuff. I've got a piece on Viliami and his Polynesian culture coming out next week as mm-hmm. well. So uh, my goal with everything is to always try and show that side yeah. of these guys.
5: Yeah, and I love that because during the draft, I know when I was studying a lot of these players, like, Sometimes you don't get to go deep into who mm-hmm. they are and 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 know more about them, and so it was really dope. I, I think that what you do is very important as well and it's needed. So I'm yep. glad that you have that
3: approach. it helps yep. yeah I, yep. I it's a very special privilege that I don't take for granted. We are chatty Cathy's today because it's 10 37 so let's go ahead and take our second break <laughs> we're going to talk about Micah Parsons when we come back but first let's get to this read from Jess all
4: right head to the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tunes Festival presented by Miller Light rescheduled to Saturday June 3rd from 3 to 8 p.m enjoy a variety of tacos and food truck options while you sip on a cold drink and listen to some live music admission and parking for the Dallas Cowboys Tacos and Tunes Festival are free so visit at and slash tacos
0: Dear past, present, and future football watchers, you know why we're here. The football season is back! Woo! And since that's too amazing to miss a single second's worth, Pepsi is officially giving you permission to always put football first. Like, maybe those in laws are back in town. Well, better hope they're football fans because your Sunday is completely booked. Long story short, crack open a Pepsi and don't let anything get between you and your football watching. With love, Pepsi, made for football watching.
2: 6266. That's 844 326 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com.
0: I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team.
3: girls talk boys talk
4: presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys let's go over to jess the schedule is set and limited tickets for the 2023 dallas cowboys season is at at&t stadium and they are available now don't miss your chance to see your dallas cowboys live at at&t stadium when they host the nfc east rival eagles giants and commanders plus the rams seahawks patriots lions and the jets as we know uh, visit dallascowboyscom slash tickets or seatgeek.com the official ticketing provider of at stadium
3: all right we got about five or so minutes left here on girls talk boys talk we've talked about the rookies who we think can be uh impressive in terms of being impact players on the roster but i want to dive into one of the bigger talking points of this offseason that's quietly been a little bit interesting uh micah parsons has been parading around this great country between wearing Sixers jerseys and wearing Celtics jerseys in various sporting events. He's out in Austin bulking up, telling us he's moving full-time to defensive end. Dan Quinn told us that's a lie. Uh, you know, like he. this is the most active we've seen Micah in terms of, you know, building his off-the-field personality. He's always had it in him, I feel like, but this is really the first time we've seen you know, an active superstar, Micah Parsons, who's, like I said, he was at the Celtics game yesterday. Uh, just a lot going on with that man in the last couple of months.
5: Yeah, yeah. he's living his best life, to say the <laughs> least. I, what, what is this, year three? Year three. Yeah. So he's just settling in, like you talked about, like, coming in wide-eyed, like, learning how to be a professional. Now he's like, I think I got down that part, let me go live my life, mm-hmm. I mean it's cool seeing him around it's so crazy cuz he is i think he is really becoming one of like the faces of the NFL if not the face of the NFL so at least he's at least he's you know Caring himself well. Uh, you know, at least he ain't out there acting a fool. I'd like to
3: speak with him about a couple of his
1: outfits,
4: because
3: yeah. whatever baby... Yeah, whatever he had on
1: the other day. Whatever
4: that outfit was the last fashion, night. Guys, come on. No,
3: no, 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 no. He... <laughs> One thing about me, <laughs> I love fashion. That plaid shirt with the Boston Celtics Aww, jersey.
4: Micah with the plaid That shirt. was
3: not it. Nah, he... he that must was not have, it. He'll defend it. And you nah. know he'll
4: defend it. That's, nah, don't say that,
5: y'all. I, I think that you know the hotel lost great. his luggage. They I lost the airline lost his luggage. Someone on something.
3: Twitter made a joke about that. It's like it, this looks like when the, oh it was Mina freaking Kimes when Mina she said it's like when you were in school like us girls and you wore spaghetti straps. <laughs> oh, at no. school oh, And then no. and then you got in trouble by the office. The lost and found the clothes. Oh, no. the lo- so to jail. Jail. oh my gosh, <laughs> guys, I'm,
4: we're
3: what? going to
5: jail. He ain't about to. He ain't about to be uh, looking at me crazy. <laughs> i'll I'll let him know
3: we'll talk about it you know we'll we'll talk about his fashion because that he know better that wasn't it interesting
4: about micah though is he's such a competitor at all times i mean it doesn't take much to get this guy going Mm. with his uh competitive spirit but you are the company you keep so for me micah being in these competitive environments tells me he's there yes to enjoy the game to watch the game but to talk to these other athletes that are in the thick of these playoffs right like to pick their mindset do all that but also his offseason work uh, the the amount of training he's doing with these guys I'm scrolling through his Twitter and you just see Micah training and training and training and then at a game training 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 and somebody that I was really interested to see him working with is Andrew Whitworth Heck yeah Super Bowl champion and the, com- the competition that Andrew gives Micah to be better Love that. So, for me, yes, Micah's fashion. Uh, look, I'm trying really hard to defend you, Micah, every Look at this. We're Our trying. Part. Look at this. but <laughs> Jazzy, show the people. Don't show them, Jazzy. Don't, don't show, them show them like that. I know. Don't do them like that. <laughs> oh, no. It's too late. You know everybody, what? Everybody This is things. not it. <laughs>
3: we love Yo, you micah we Michael. love you this is not it Yo. <laughs> i'll have to ask him about it immediately. also
4: when he was caught eating the burger and he's like of that course. was foul though he goes of course the one time i'm not <laughs> supposed to be eating something and you guys catch me like that That's you a, mentioned it's not a good picture but man well, i'm ga- not gonna do it him like that it gave
3: it gave the russell westbrook energy the meme where he's sitting on the corner of the bench yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to jail.
5: Um I'm glad that you mentioned him like training and doing, you know, working with Andrew Whitworth. He's also training in multiple sports. Like he's mm-hmm. also boxing. He's also doing some um some martial arts and now all that stuff is to help him hone in on his craft. I was just I literally was just talking to somebody the other day like the idea of Micah getting better is just hard to fathom because like, you just don't know what that looks like. You don't know. I, I personally, I'm, granted, he's putting on the weight and stuff so he can be more callous through the end of the season if he is going to be playing more DN. So I get that part of things. But the idea that he can become better as a pass rusher, Is a little unheard of, and it feels a bit unfair. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how things pan out for him. I think I know a lot of people are maybe worried about him putting on a little bit of more weight and how that's going to affect him. But I think he has divine control over his body, and I think he understands it.
3: Yeah, he cleared it up the other day as well. He said, you know, like people think putting on weight means that uh, you know I'm growing to pant size or something like that. (laughs) So uh, he obviously has that perspective going forward. It will be interesting to see what he looks like in terms of you know where those improvements show. Um, I know Dan Quinn mentioned, you know, he's a pass rushing linebacker. So take Mm -hmm. that with what you will. But uh, it's for sure interesting just to see kind of if this, not that if this training won't pay off, but just in what way will we best see it fit and and if this is something that will be, you know, pattern for him going forward. So a lot of exciting stuff. We've got OTAs coming up next week for the Cowboys. I will not be here next week, but I will be here in spirit and excited to get some of these veteran guys (laughs) back in the building. We spirit
4: fingers. Yeah. No, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta move your fingers a little bit more. What was that? It was, she said, "Spirit." I so know, I was but like, you, you went like this. In my mind. You look like you did the ch- I, yeah. You did, you the did church this. Spirit You're just right. wanted spirit, spirit fingers. fingers. You did the church like actual spirit fingers. You went like this a little bit. to right. like spirit well, fingers. we're gonna Man. practice our
3: spirit fingers. We'll be yes, better. Yes, we need it. The next time we're together, <laughs> uh, that'll do it for uh, this edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk. We will see you guys next week.